This is a play called Sell by Date. It's my first since Bridge and Tunnel, which I did on Broadway. And this one, I, I've, thank you, I've uh, excerpted it just for you. So here we go. Right, uh, class, let's be absolutely certain all electronic devices are switched off before we begin. So, class, hopefully uh, you'll recognize what you just heard me say as the, very good, the cellular phone announcement, right? This was also known as a mobile phone. So, you'll remember, people of that era would have had an external electronic device, right, something like this. And they all would have carried one of these around with them. And amongst their biggest fears was the sheer mortification that one of these might ring at some inopportune moment. Right? So a bit of trivia about that era for you. But um, so the format of today's class is I will be presenting multiple BERT modules today uh, from that period in history, right? So starting circa 2016. And remember, this was the very first year of the BERT program. Uh, so we've got quite a few of these to get through. Bear in mind, I will be living into various different bodies, different ages, um, also what were then called races or ethnic groups, as you'll remember from Unit 1. And, and along the gender continuum, I will be living into males as well. It was quite binary at that time. Um, oh, also, don't forget, we are reading the book module for next week's Focus on Gender. Now, I know some of you have requested the book in pill form. I know people still believe ingesting it is better for retention, but since we are trying to experience what our forebears did, right, let's, let's please just consider doing the actual ocular reading, okay? And uh, also, uh, how many people have your emotional shunts engaged? Right, please toggle them off, okay? I'm, I'm, I really, I know it's challenging, but I want you to be able to feel the entire natural emo range, all right? It is essential to this part of the syllabus. Um, yes, Macy. All right, I understand, but if you're unwilling to... All right, well, we can discuss that after class. Okay, all right, we'll discuss your concerns, but just relax. Okay, nobody's died and gone to composting. Okay. Let's, after class, okay? After class. All right. Let's, let's just get started, okay? Uh, this first subject identified as a middle-class homemaker. Uh, remember, these early modules uh, in these people's full identities were protected, and this allowed them to speak more freely on our topic, which for many of them was taboo, right? <coughs> okay, honey. Now, I'm ready when you are. No, sweetheart, I said I'm ready when you are. Okay. I'm freezing. <clears throat> it's like a meat locker in here in this recording studio. I should have brought a schmatter. <clears throat> All this fancy technology, but they can't afford heat. What is he saying? I can't hear you. I can't hear you through the glass, honey. Oh, there you are in my ear. <laughs> okay. Oh, you can hear me the whole time. Oh, yes, I am a little chilly. <laughs> okay. Yes. Oh, the cold is for the machines. Right. The new technology. Okay. Yes. Now, remind me again, you're recording not only my voice, but my feelings my, and my memories. Right. Okay. 
Right, yeah, Bert, yes, I read about it. The bioempathetic resonant technology. Right, right. But so people will be able to feel my experience and my memory. Okay. No, right, I'm ready. I, just, I thought you were going to give me a test to see how my memory's doing. I was going to tell you you're too late. It's already bad news. <laughs> okay. No, no, go ahead, honey. Oh, that's the first question? What do I think of prostitution? Are you soliciting me, young man? <laughs> I've heard of May, December romances, but what are you, about 20 years old? <laughs> 18, 18 years. I think, I've, I think I have candies in my purse older than 18 years old. <laughs> now, I'm teasing you, sweetheart. Okay, now I'm comfortable with any question. Okay, sure. So about the prostitution. Oh, sex worker, sex worker. Okay. No, uh, just in my day, they called it prostitution, not sex. Oh, because it includes pornography also. Okay. Yeah, no, well, uh, I guess when I was a girl, we didn't really have a name for that either. We would have said um, dirty magazines, I suppose, or uh, dirty movies. Um, it, well, it's not like what you have with the Internet. <laughs> but no, okay, I don't mind sharing. You know, my late husband and I, we were a very uh, romantic couple. Uh, lots of tenderness, you understand. And, uh, well, as you get older, you know, at one point I thought my husband might be helped by using some of the, uh, you know, the pills men can take. <clears throat> uh, but, uh, you know, he wasn't interested in those, and so I thought, well, what about maybe watching an adult movie on the Internet? Just, just for inspiration, you understand. Uh, yeah, well, at the time, neither of us were very good on the computer. Uh, so, you know, usually if we needed help with the internet, we would just call our children or our grandchildren. Uh, but obviously, in this case, that wasn't an option. Uh, so I thought, I'll have a look myself, you know, just to see, uh, you know, how difficult could it be? <laughs> uh, you search for certain keywords and you look, oh, wow is right, young man. You can't imagine what I saw. Well, first of all, I was just trying to find, you know, uh, couples, normal couples making love, you know. But this, so many uh, people together at one time, you couldn't tell which part belonged to which body, you know. And how they even got the cameras to capture some of this, I couldn't tell you. But, but uh, the one thing they didn't capture was making love, you know. I mean, there was lots of making of something, you know, but uh, they took the love part right out of it, you know, the fun. It was um, all very extreme, you know, like you would say with the extreme sports, you know, uh, lots of endurance, uh, but never tenderness, you know, so anyway, needless to say, that was $19.95 I'll never get back again. But um, it only showed up on the credit card as entertainment services. So my husband was never the wiser. And, you know, after all of that, he, um, well, you could say it turned out he didn't need the extra inspiration after all. <laughs> right. So next subject is a young woman 
Next subject class is a, a young woman called Bella, a university student interviewed in 2016 during what was called an intro to feminist porn class as part of her major in sex work at a college in the Bay Area. Yeah, I just want to like get a recording of like you guys like recording me, like a meta recording or whatever. Um, so this is just like this whole experience, just like really amazing, and I'd like to capture that for like Instagram and my Tumblr. Okay, so like, hi guys, it's me Bella, and I am like being interviewed right now um, for this like really amazing bioempathetic resonance technology, which is like basically where they are like recording, like as you can see from these, whatever, like electrodes, the formation of like neuropeptides in my hippocampus or whatever. And they will later be able to reconstitute these as like my own actual memory, like actual experiences. So other people can like actually feel what I'm feeling right now. Okay. Okay. So like, hello, Bert person of the future who is experiencing me. This is what it feels like to be a like college freshman. And also the like headache that you are experiencing through me is the like residual effect of the jello shots which I had last night <laughs> at the bi-weekly feminist pole dancing party which I co-host on Wednesdays. It's called Don't Get All Pole Emical. And it's in Beekman Hall, and what else? Like, non-Jello shots are also available for vegans. And, oh, okay, yeah, totally, yeah. We should also focus on your questions also. Yeah, so for your record, I am like a sex work studies major, but minoring in social media with a concentration on notable YouTube memes. Yes, well, of course, like, I consider myself to be, like, obviously, like, a feminist. Like, I was named for Bella Abzug, who is, like, a famous, like, feminist from history. And, like, also, I feel that it is, like, important to, like, represent women who are, like, sex-positive feminist. What is sex-negative? Well, like, I guess I would ask, like, what do you think sex negative is? <laughs> yeah, because, like, the terms that we use are, like, so important because, like, we call it sex work because, like, it helps people understand that, like, it's work. And, like, you know, just like there are, like, healthcare providers and, like, insurance providers, like, we think of these workers as, like, sex care providers. Yeah, like, I don't think of myself, like, providing direct sex care services per se as, like, being a requirement for me to, like, be an advocate. Like, I support other women's right to choose it voluntarily, like, if they enjoy it. Yeah, but, like, I see myself going forward as more likely, like, protecting sex workers, like, legal freedoms and rights. Yeah, so, like, basically, I'm planning on becoming a lawyer. Right, class. 
So these next two modules are also circa 2016. Uh, one subject is an Irish woman with a particularly noteworthy relationship to this issue. Uh, but first will be a West Indian woman, a self-described escort who was recorded at a sex workers' rights rally and parade. Uh, she was interviewed whilst marching in full carnival headdress and very little else. <laughs> All right, you want me to start talking now? Yeah, I told you, you know, you can put those wires anywhere you want to as long as it don't get in the way. Yeah, no, no, but tell me again, what was the name of Bert? Bert. Yeah, I was telling you, you know, I think I have, in all my time, I have had at least one client with that name, so this won't be the first time I had Bert all over me. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, but you got to get into the spirit of it if you're going to interview me. All right, you can say it. No justice, no peace. No justice, no peace. But you see the sign? You get it? P-I-E-C-E. -E. No justice, no peace of us. You understand? <laughs> All right, so that's the part what I was telling you, is that, uh, you know, when I first came to this country, I worked every job I can find. I was a nanny. I was a home care attendant for all of these different old people. And then I said, child, if I have to touch another white man backside, I might as well get paid a lot more money for it than this. You understand? <laughs> you know how hard it is being a domestic worker? Now, some of these men, they're heavy. You have to pick them up and flip them over. Now I let them pick me up and flip me over. You understand? Well, you have to have a sense of humor about it. That's what I think. No, but see, listen. You find me somebody who don't hate some part of their job. I mean, there's a lot of things about this job that I hate, but the money is not one of them. And I will tell you, as long as this is the best possibility for me to make real money, I'm going to be Jamaican, no faking, if that's what they want to call me. No, I'm not even from Jamaica. That's how they market me. My family is from Trinidad and the Virgin Islands. They don't know what I do. But you know what? My children, they know that their school fees are paid. They have their books and their computer. And this way, I know that they have a chance. So I'm not going to tell you that what I do, it's easy. I'm not going to tell you that I feel, what's that you said, liberated? But I'm going to tell you that I feel paid. Right. Um, <clears throat> thanks. That's lovely. Uh, just a cup of tea, love, and just a splash of the whiskey. It's perfect. That's grand. Just a, a drop more. It's a splash. Perfect. Uh, what was your name? Peter? That right, so Peter. Right. So that's, that is the unique part of it for me, right, is that um, I ended up in both uh, first in the convent and then in the prostitution after. That's right. Right, so uh, one woman uh, at the university here in Dublin, she wrote about me, she said, um, Maureen Fitzroy is the living embodiment of the whore virgin dichotomy. <laughs> right. Well, doesn't it sound like something you need to go into hospital? Well, I've got this terrible dichotomy, doesn't it? <laughs> Right. Well, for me, though, you know, it was as a girl, you know, just starting with me dad. I mean, half the time when he spoke to us, it was just to sort of tell us we were all useless, rotten idiots and we had no morals and that type of thing. And, um, you know, I certainly didn't do myself any favors by the time I was 16. I'd started uh, messing about with this older fella and um, he wanted to be our little secret. And I did as I was told, didn't I? And... Um, 
when that got back to me, Dad, he, uh, he had me sent straight away to the convent. And, uh, well, no, that older fellow, he would still come to find me in the convent. Yeah, he'd leave me notes tucked into the holes in the brick at the back of the charity shop so we could meet. And um, he'd tell me how he's leaving his wife. And um, I believed him, you know, until I got pregnant. I did, Peter. And um, I left him a note about it in our special place there. And I never did hear from him again. No. Uh, I gave it up for adoption so I could have a decent life. And um, then they wouldn't let me back into the convent. So, uh, no, my one sister, Virginia, gave me a fiver for the coach to Dublin. And that's how I ended up here. Well, surprise, surprise, I fell in love with another fellow much older than me. And um, I always say I was just so happy he didn't, because he didn't drink. You know, I, I, I married the bastard. <laughs> well, he didn't drink, but he did have just the wee heroin problem, didn't he? And um, that's right. And before I knew it, he was the one that turned me on to the prostitution, my own husband. Yeah, he had me supporting the both of us. I was 18. Well... It wasn't pretty woman, I can tell you that. You know, that Julia Roberts. If she'd ever had to uh, sleep with a man to put a few pounds in her pocket, I don't think she'd ever have made that film. Well, for your record, um, my opinion of the legalization, I'd say I'm against it. I just, I don't care what these young girls say. You know, living like that, you're just lost and... Um, you know, I'm 63 years old. I'm, I'm still trying to find who I am. You know, I, I never was a, a, a wife or a nun or a prostitute even really. Not really. You know, because no, nobody ever asked who I wanted to be. They just told me. And if you legalize it, then you're really telling these girls, go on and get lost for a living. And a lot of them, they'll do as they're told. Right, so four perspectives from four quite... Four quite different voices there, right? One woman saying sex itself is natural, but the sex industry seems to sort of mechanize or industrialize it, right? Then the second woman considered sex work to be empowering, uh, liberating, and feminist, though she herself notably did not seem keen to do it. Uh, the third woman, who actually was a so-called sex worker, uh, did not agree that it was liberating, but she wanted the right to the economic empowerment. And then we hear the fourth woman saying not only prostitution itself, but proscribed roles for women in general prevented her from ever finding who she was. Right. So another fact most people did not know was the average age of an at-risk girl being introduced to the sex industry was 12 or 13. Also consider that the age when all girls in that society first became exposed to sexualized images of women was quite a bit earlier, right? This, this was a doll called Barbie, right? I initially thought she was an educational tool for anorexia prevention, but actually she was considered by many to be a wholesome symbol of femininity and often young girls began what was called dieting right remember this this was restricting food intake on purpose uh, by the age of six and defining themselves based on attractiveness by around that same time right yes 
Right, Bradley. Okay, excellent point. So there was a lucrative market in that society in convincing all people they had to look a certain way to even have a sex life, right? But girls, especially, were expected to be sexy while avoiding being perceived as sluts for being sexual, right? So there's that shame piece we've heard about. Yes, Valerie. Right. Okay. Very good. Yes. Of course, men were having sex as well, right? But、uh, you'll remember from the reading, what were male sluts called? Very good. They were called men, right? <laughs> so,、uh, not not easy. So not easy living in a world like that, right? Though it was not all bad news either. Most women in the early 2000s considered themselves empowered,、uh, and men generally felt they were also evolved in this area. And in fact, most people would have been aware of issues like human trafficking, for example, but they would have seen that as quite separate from more recreational adult entertainment.、Uh, so we'll just very briefly, class. We don't have a lot of time. We'll just very briefly hear from a man on our topic at this stage. So this. This next subject was interviewed on the night of his bachelor party. Do can you? All right, guys, can you just like keep it down? I'm trying to talk to Bert right now. Oh, your name's not Bert. No, Bert's the name of the. Oh, all right. No, 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 totally, it's totally fine. I'm, I'm, I'm mostly sober, so I just wanted to like. Yeah, no, I just want to be helpful, cause yeah, yeah, and I totally believe in like causes, like all that stuff.、Um, And actually, I'm wearing Toms right now. Yeah, Toms like, like the shoes. You know, like you buy a pair, and then like a kid in Africa gets like clean water, and yeah, totally. So, but what was the question again? Sorry. Oh yeah, I mean, of course, I believe in women's rights. I'm marrying a woman. <laughs> no, but I mean, like, okay, just because I'm in a strip club parking lot doesn't mean that I'm like a sexist or whatever. I mean, like my fiance is totally amazing. She's like a totally strong girl, woman, smart woman. Like the whole, she, she, yeah, she knows I'm here. She's probably at a strip club herself right now, like as a joke, same as me.、Uh, my best man, I told him he could surprise me, and he thought this would be hilarious. But this is not something. We,、uh, yeah, we all went to B school together.、Uh, Wharton. <laughs> yeah. So, dude, can you guys? All right, but it's my bachelor party, and I can spend it in the parking lot with Anderson Cooper if I want to. All right, all right, I'll see you in there. All right, okay. So Anderson, so like,、um, first of all, stripping, but then like all the other things you're talking about, prostitution and all that stuff. That's like not the same thing at all. You know, like, like you keep calling it the sex industry or whatever, but it's like. If the girl wants to like be an exotic dancer and she's 18, like that's her right. To... Well, but see, I, I hear what you're saying, but I just feel like people—they just want to make it seem like all dudes are just like predators. Like we would just like automatically go to a prostitute and whatever. I mean, even like when I pledge, you know, like like all right, when I rush my fraternity, it's like you know my brothers who I'm close to, those guys, you know, they're all like me. You know, we're just like normal people, but like, there's this myth that you must be that guy who's like kind of an asshole and like all bros before hoes or whatever. And it, actually, like bros before hoes, it doesn't mean like what it sounds like. Like, it's actually just like a joking way of saying that like you care about your brothers and you put them first. Yeah, but like you can't blame the media either. I mean, like if you go watch Hangover Two and you think that's an instruction manual for your life, like I don't know what to tell you. You know, like you don't. 
watch Born Identity and go drive your car over a gondola in Venice. <laughs> well, yeah, okay. I mean, like if you're a little kid or whatever, of course it's different. But、uh, yeah, you, all right. I remember one thing like that.、Um, I was at this kid's house one time playing GTA,、uh, Grand Theft Auto. Dude, are you from Canada? <laughs> okay.、Uh, so, like, whatever. With with Grand Theft Auto,、uh, you're you're this kid, like you're this guy walking around or whatever, and you can basically like the more cops you kill, like the more points you get, and you know stuff like that. But like also. You know, you can find prostitutes, and you know, obviously, you can do sexual stuff with them. But then, like, you can like kill them and like take your money back and stuff like that. Yeah, this kid, I remember, he like ran over a couple of them a few times with his car, and he got all these points.、Uh, we were like ten, I think. Yeah,、uh, no, I mean, it felt pretty terrible, actually. No, but I think, I mean, I don't think I said anything. I think I just like, I just finished playing and went home. All right, class. So then there were men who had more than just a passing relationship to this issue.、Um, the next subject described himself as a reformed and remorseful pimp, turned motivational speaker, life coach, and therapist. But if you want to know more about him, you'll have to come to the entire play.、Uh, thank you so much, you beautiful TED audience. I will see you for sell by date.